feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, Joe Biden recently said, where's the money? And it looks like James Comer is tracking it down. We're going to talk about that tonight on the Rita Cosby Show because there are some stunning new details coming out from the head of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, who is following the money trail just like Joe Biden asked. Remember when Joe Biden was asked at the White House, um, you know, what do you make of all these bribery allegations? He was like, uh, smiling, you know, uh, follow the money. Something like uh, what you would hear Al Capone basically say. I mean, it was like, hey, where's the money, guys? Find it. Well, guess what? James Comer says he is continuing to go after the bank records and they are explosive. And just a little bit ago, James Comer came out and gave a money estimate. Take a listen to how much he says he believes he will be able to uncover tying to the Biden family, tied to what he believes are bribes. That's what he's alleging. And he said it's all coming from these rogue foreign nationals. Listen to this money. It is stunning. Take a listen. We have more bank records coming in, but I, but we're going to exceed 10 million this okay. week, right. and I think we'll get up between 20 and 30 million dollars. So, wow, he just said they have found 10 million this week. This week, he said. This week, I mean, the week's not over yet. There's still at least another day left. He could get some more, and then he's saying he believes. That in the short term, he will be able to prove via banks that all this different money was going to all the different Biden family members. Maybe even the dog got money. We'll find out about that. But apparently he's saying anywhere from 20 up to 30 million dollars. Various family members kind of shuffling around through shell companies. Boy, does that sound fishy. And he is telling people that he is more determined than ever after what happened to President Trump this week, which we all saw in full display, that now he is saying it is time that they blow the lid on the Biden family. And boy, it looks awfully fishy. He's claiming that this money is coming from rogue individuals overseas. And these are individuals that he says are not the kind of people you should be accepting money from. And if he can point to, indeed, that favors were done, money changed hands, that they went through these circuitous routes, it awfully looks bad. I mean, there's no question. You sit there and you go, wow, just on the surface of it, it looks really fishy. And he is saying that it continues to show that pattern and it continues to fit with that document, remember, that the FBI director... Christopher Ray had handed over that 1023 document that had a very credible informant. And he says all this information just leads him that he believes he is absolutely on the right track. Comer sounds like he is damned and determined, and he makes it sound like he is fresh on the trail of something. 
Where do you think this is headed, guys? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Congressman Comer with a little bit more of where he says the money trail is going. There's more money that we're going to be able to identify that that was transferred between foreign nationals in other countries and the Biden family. This is going to be hard for Joe Biden to explain, and it's not going to go away. This is going to be an issue. And I think eventually the mainstream media will will turn on Joe Biden and start asking the real questions. What did your family do to receive all this money? I agree. And the media is already starting to ask him some questions. We're going to get to that in a moment because he gave a doozy of an answer just a few hours ago. But right now, the mainstream media is acting like, oh, nothing to see there. It is amazing. They barely covered President Trump's speech at Bedminster. They sure as heck couldn't wait to show it basically OJ style, the whole thing of him being arrested, being arraigned, all of that. And yet, for some reason, on Joe Biden, there is like zero coverage. How could that be? The Grassley allegation of audio tapes that are in this document, this 1023 that I talked about, that the FBI director did not want to hand over and under basically contempt of Congress charges is what forced him to pry it out of his hands. And then he brought it over and showed it finally to Congress And he showed Chuck Grassley the unredacted part, which talks about these audio tapes. And yet that to me is explosive. If there are indeed audio tapes on the president of the United States when he was vice president changing policy, and if Comer can show that there were tens of millions of dollars that went through all these securitist shell companies all over the world, and somehow, what a surprise, ended up in the pockets of Biden family members, including Joe Biden and others. That's a big deal. So let's see where it goes. But that is an enormous deal. So why is the mainstream media, other folks not covering it? What is wrong with these people? The fact that they're like ignoring Trump at Bedminster. Jake Tapper at CNN was like, oh, we're not going to be covering him when he when went to the time of Bedminster, where he was supposed to be speaking, President Trump. It's only the first time a former American president in the U.S. history has ever been charged with federal crimes. He's arraigned in Miami, and he says, I'm going to address the nation over these charges. That's an enormous deal. And somehow CNN says, we're not going to go to them because we're not sure what he's saying is truth or not. Meanwhile, he's sitting on stage with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, give me a break. I mean, he's the barometer of telling the truth. I mean, that that is an unbelievable moment. But to me, that is incredibly transparent and indicative of the mindset of some of these individuals. And that is pathetic. That, to me, is unbelievable and absolutely pathetic. And yet, Comer is continuing on the path. And clearly, when you're hearing about tens of millions of dollars, 20 to $30 million, I think that that warrants a headline. I think that that warrants an investigation. You have got to be kidding me. This is an enormous deal, and it makes anything tied to classified documents pale in comparison. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is James Comer basically talking about the value of that informant that opened the door. And by the way, in that document also referred to The big guy saying Hunter gets X and the big guy gets 
five. So does Hunter. That's 10 million right there. That's an amazing amount of money. And if you believe that a lot of people just can't be lying, remember we heard Tony Bobolinsky. He was on with Tucker Carlson at one point talking about the big guy. There were emails that say, hey, I got to give money to the big guy. I mean, come on. What more do you need? Anyway, here is Congressman Comer talking about that. We believe this informant may also work for potentially the CIA. And this informant has been around since the Obama administration. They have used this informant's testimony in other cases that they have been involved in around the world. So this is a very valuable person to the FBI, which begs the question, why didn't they, the FBI, investigate these allegations? Yeah, why didn't they investigate these allegations? That is stunning. And yet they couldn't wait to go with guns blazing all the way to Mar-a-Lago over classified documents. I, I mean, it, it, we are living in the land of absurd. I mean, the world is upside down. You've got allegations of tens of millions of dollars looking like they're being hidden through shell companies. We'll see where it all goes. But it certainly deserves exploration. And so here is Biden today. He's at an event. And a reporter with The Post actually asked them the question and take a listen to the way that the president responds. He's asked, why is he being referred to the big guy? Listen to this one. Why did the Ukraine FBI So why is the Ukrainian official basically referring to you as the big guy, according to this informant. Remember, this was a document from several years ago. Why is he basically saying that? And why are you referred to as the big guy? It's an interesting question, right? And Biden says, what a dumb question. Like, how dare you ask me that question? How dare you? Are you kidding, Mr. President? If this is true, this is treasonous. It's terrible. It is despicable. And it fits with this whole narrative because every time the president is asked about this issue, it's like Trump, 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 classified documents bad. I can have as many as I want strewn all over the world. No, nothing to see there. Don't worry about it. And yet, anytime he gets asked about something that's even more serious than any of these things with classified documents, i.e., did you take tens of millions of dollars in bribes or did your family do this? Well, it's like, what a joke. He's laughing it off, mucking it up. Listen to Biden. This was just a few days ago when he was asked by another reporter about potential bribery charges. Remember, he used that phrase, malarkey. Listen to this one. Bribery allegation. Congresswoman Nancy May says there's standing evidence in the FBI file that you sold out the country. Do you have a response to congressional Republicans? Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, I actually think he's not joking. I think, you know, I think Joe Biden is one of these guys. He's like when you go to an old age home and the person has zero filter and you go to that home and the person like says what they're thinking, you know, and you're like, uh, I'll forgive it. It's my Aunt Ethel. She's 90 years old. You know, that's how Joe Biden is. And I think he means it. Where's the money? Ha ha ha. You know, you haven't really found it yet. Right. So how do you have an allegation? How do you have a this? 
It's an interesting question. Follow the money, which is what James Comer is doing. And that's why what he is reporting tonight, basically saying that he believes that very soon they will be able to show that 20 to $30 million coming from rogue foreign nationals will be transparent and they will be able to connect the dots to Joe Biden. That will be explosive if they can do that again. It's an if, but if so, that is a major, major allegation. And maybe Joe Biden is just baiting him, saying, hey, where's the money? You'll never find it. That was the message, remember, from the informant was relaying in that document from the FBI, basically saying that the Burisma guy was saying they're never going to be able to track down the money. They have like this amazing money trail of all these different routes, and it's going to take years upon years to track it down. Ha, ha, ha. They will never get it. But I also recorded messages for insurance purposes. So, boy, is this getting interesting. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to JC, line eight. JC, your thoughts. My thoughts are this, okay? There's so much evidence coming forward. So this, this is treason. There's no doubt about it. Treason is not, it's not, um, <clears throat> they do not uh, investigate this, or should I charge in a civil court? It would be a military court. So when does the military step in? When do they investigate? When do they arrest? You know what? You bring up some great questions. Um, you know, we, we've got to see where it goes. First off, I do think we need to get the fu- the money trail, don't you think, JC? I think we need to get clarity. If you're going to go after anybody, and I wish they would have done the same benefit of the doubt for Trump, which he seems to not get any benefit of the doubt from these people. But I do believe in the case of Biden um, that and everybody, any American, you got to make sure you got the goods, you got the evidence, but it sure looks really bad. I mean, I will go that far. And if it turns out to be treasonous, um, it, it, it and absolutely it should be where he is removed from office or there's an impeachment or something. We're not there yet, obviously, uh, but I think it looks really bad. And the fact that they're not even willing to investigate it is really just I think it speaks volumes, J.C., don't you, of a double standard? Absolutely. But shouldn't the, the military be investigating this at this moment? I mean, they have assets. They have other means. Um, I, I think they should be doing it. I think they should be trying to teach him at the same time. I think they should club him over the head, uh, you know, where he doesn't know where any, where if he's coming or going. Uh, this is ridiculous. It's disgraceful, especially what's going on the other side. Uh, and we can't, we cannot wait until John Casamitidis by CNN so the truth could be uh, spread around the media rather than all the lies, okay, that keep America down, okay? So when John, when John owns that company, he can represent or, or feature politicians that people don't ever get to hear, don't ever get to understand who they are because they're never featured because they're they're hidden because the left doesn't allow the truth no you are right jc i mean you're right it's like uh it's like two different worlds and and that's why i said to you that's why i was bringing up that jake tapper example 
that was stunning to me that Jake Jake Tapper is the barometer of what's truth and justice. Um, And you've got a former president of the United States who's just been arraigned and you don't think his speech to the nation is worth covering. That is shameful. I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on or you're pretending to be. You better cover it. That is history. That is important. And they deserve it. One thousand percent, J.C. And you're right. Uh, I think separately, I think first and foremost, let's see what Comer's got. Maybe the next few weeks could be explosive. And uh, you're right. I think John would do a great job if he ends up buying CNN. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. This could be a bombshell if James Comer indeed uh, fulfills what he expects, that he will get bank records and he has been subpoenaing them. Because remember, the Republicans have only been in control for a few months. Uh, potentially showing the Biden family got 20 to 30 million bucks from rogue foreign nationals and that it went through a really weird circuitous route to somehow get to them. Boy, that doesn't look fishy at all. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe. Line five. Joe, your thoughts about where this is headed. Hopefully through an indictment of uh, Biden. I just want to give a couple of quick things quick. Uh, that disgraced cop from Staten Island who sodomized Amber Lima was let out yesterday, 26 years of a 30-year sentence. He should have done all 30 years. But also, on a good note, uh, Woodbridge cop McFadden saved the life of Baumgartner, a uh, municipal worker, and he was struck by lightning yesterday. And I want to give a shout-out wow, to Wow, 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 wow. By the way, is he okay before you move forward? Is he okay? He, he's gonna, yes, he's going to live. And he's oh, gonna thank recover. goodness. And by I the way, Joe, a, hang on, Joe. Joe, hold on. This isn't a shout-out, Joe. But let me just ask you. Two seconds, real quick, because we just have a little bit of time, but I'm glad you always, you know how I always love that you highlight the cops and also our veterans, too, which I love about you. Real quick, uh, do you believe uh, that this is a complete double standard with Biden and Trump? Your thoughts, real quick. Absolutely, completely. It's a disgrace. Trump is not a quiet boy, but he's, let me put it this way. Joe Biden makes uh, Don Corleone look like uh, St. Francis of Assisi. Hey, that's an interesting analogy. Joe, you always have the best analogies. And thank you for always supporting our police and also the veterans. You're the best, Joe. We'll continue with your calls after the break, everybody. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, we were talking about a lightning strike. Here's one that came in New Jersey. There were terrifying moments that happened this week when a man was struck by lightning in the middle of a soccer field, and it happened in New Jersey. As tragic as the experience was, officials say that the man was actually lucky that the responding officer happened to know CPR and actually saved his life. A dramatic video was shown, which basically displayed the very moment that a bolt of lightning fires down from the sky, striking down a 39-year-old employee by the name of Eric Bumgardner at a middle school in Woodbridge, New Jersey. And it happened on Wednesday, yesterday, just about 12, 15 p.m. Now, he was painting this guy lines on the practice soccer field hoping to finish before the rain came when he was suddenly struck by lightning. He got struck in the foot, and a friend of the guy who was hit says that it looked like it went from one foot and came out of the other. How dramatic. Witnesses on the scene said that they assumed the worst. He was lying flat on the ground. They called the police immediately, and the guy was not moving. So the responding officer who is uh, Officer McFartland and Partland in, uh, and he's also a former firefighter, by the way, Officer McPartland, and the three-year veteran and certified EMT was just leaving his shift at a nearby high school. And Officer McPartland jumped into action when he realized that Bum Gardner didn't have a pulse, and he was saying that we were able to see the burn marks appear on his hands. So that's how we knew what had actually happened. So we started compressions to get his heart started again. We were trying to talk to him the whole time. And once they finally got into the ambulance, he did get a pulse and he started to regain consciousness. What an amazing moment. Uh, The mayor of Woodbridge, Mayor John McCormick, said, as of right now, I have every reason to believe that Officer McPartland saved Eric Baumgartner's life. That day. What an incredible story and amazing that that guy is alive, thanks to the great work of the men and women in blue. Well, we are talking, of course, about everything that happened with James Comer and some new details, of course, that have just come out that really do not look good for Hunter Biden and the Biden family. First off, by the way, some other bombshell information that Hunter Biden associate, a guy by the name of Devin Archer, he is in talks with the House Oversight Committee to potentially testify about his knowledge of the first family's business dealings. This guy, he is now a convicted felon, but he was a central figure in dealing with President Biden's family and the vice president, uh, dealing with a whole bunch of the business entities And this guy, because he is dealing with other criminal issues, he's got a one-year prison sentence for defrauding 
uh, an American Indian tribe. He's got a whole bunch of different stuff out there. And because of that issue, there's a good chance that maybe the House committee believes he might flip and maybe might try to cut some sort of deal in cooperation to help with himself and basically be able to dish, if you will, on this potential bribery scheme coming from Ukraine, which is $10 million. And boy, if that happened, that could be a big breakthrough for the GOP committee because he's very close. You've seen him in all these pictures with Hunter and the family. And so that could be very, very interesting. We're going to be looking out for that. Meantime, James Comer, who is head of the House Oversight Committee, has said that, yeah, they've gotten to baby basically discover, if you will, $10 million. And now the head of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, is saying that he may have some bombshells on the very near horizon. He is saying that he expects that he will be able to get bank records which would expose 20 to $30 million going to various Biden family members, all coming from rogue foreign nationals. That could open a floodgate of information. First off, how did they get to these banks? Because James Comer has essentially said that they basically took a lot of twists and turns, a lot of circuitous routes to finally get to the Biden family. Also, will he finally be able to show that any money went to, quote, the big guy? We don't know that yet, but the big guy's name, the big guy, if you will, keeps coming up. And all of these different conversations with informants and other individuals coming up in this latest document that Christopher Ray handed over. I don't think it's a coincidence that all these people are referring to somebody and it looks like the president of the United States as the big guy. So, Now, if they can get somebody close to the Biden family, like this Devin Archer guy who they're in talks with, will he crack? Will he try to provide information in return for a lighter sentence, uh, you know, ease, I guess, easing of criminal issues against himself because he's entangled in a lot of these different things? Will he sing like a canary and maybe provide information that could be explosive to the Biden family, and especially to the House committee investigating the Biden family. I mean, $30 million is not like 30 bucks. $30 million is a lot of money. And boy, what we're hearing now in terms of potential allegations seem very strong compared to anything we've been hearing with President Trump. I mean, look at the disparity. We're talking about classified documents that's normally a civil issue tied to the Presidential Records Act, That is typically a civil issue. Most presidents, others have taken documents. They've always been discussions back and forth. And yet, look at the way that was handled compared to now what we are talking about, upwards of $30 million, according to James Comer, that he expects to be able to unravel in the very near future. Let's see what he's got. Joe Biden said, hey, where's the money? Maybe James Comer will show him where the money came from and where it went. And maybe this could be the beginning of the floodgates against the Biden family. We'll see Uh, until we see it. You know, it's important that we get the evidence to be fair to the president and his family. But let's see where this goes. This could be the big kahuna. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is James Comer talking a little bit more 
about that document, the one that Christopher Ray, the FBI director, handed over to the uh, basically many members of Congress and showed Chuck Grassley what he says referring to the big guy and audio tapes. The document, again, is from a credible informant. Uh, it says that, that Joe Biden was, was taking a bribe. Now, let's look at what this document also says. It said from the uh, oligarch that the investigators will never be able to find this or it will take them over 10 years to find this because of the way we funneled the money through various different banks. Oh, my God. The, the, the oligarch also referred to Joe Biden as the big guy. Now, Maria, this is years before anyone else knew about the term big guy. And this is years before my committee uh, unveiled the fact that the Bidens had all these shell companies and were laundering money through six different American banks. So this information, no one would have known about. But the informant tells the FBI. And, And what my sources in the FBI tell me is that whether it's the FBI, the DOJ, or the IRS, anything pertaining to Joe Biden or his family, they were told to stand down. They were told to stand down. Boy, this just sounds rotten. And if they were told to look into it, no, 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 stay away from that. Uh, Boy, this seems like an incredible, incredible double standard all the way around. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in beautiful South Carolina, line three. Go ahead, Mike. Beautiful South Carolina, uh, North Myrtle Beach. I just saw the fire truck. I beat the horn. And you said uh, a couple nights ago, Rita, that that back to blue in North Myrtle Beach. I live a mile away from where that happened. Oh, wow. I thought of you, Mike. How funny is it? It was right after you called. I was like, perfect timing. You know, and you know what? Uh, uh, I'm a faithful listener. You know, you and Dominic Carter, one-two combination. And I'll tell you what, Rita, you got all the bases covered. You know, I'm a baseball guy, whatever. And I'll tell you, where can we begin? You know, the big guy, Biden, the big guy from Ukrainian uh, representatives. And he goes, uh, another one, you know, oh, where's the money? I'm just joking. And smiling like a Cheshire cat, you're saying, I I cry when I hear that. And, you know, Biden, guess what, Joe? You can't hide in Hunter. When they were in Ireland, Hunter was, you know, smiling for the cameras in the crowd. And, you know, Irish eyes are smiling. I'm proud to be Italian. I don't care what your nationality is. But there he goes with his Irish smile, Joe Biden. And you got nowhere to go. These are uh, outrageous figures between 20 and 30 million. The floodgates, like you said, Rita, are opening. And AOC and the other, you know, far left. Uh, communist democratic donkeys in our country. It's time for a change. And it can't happen soon enough, Rita. You know, Mike, you know, Mike, what's interesting to me is also what we just heard from Comer, because Comer saying that this document, which, quote, refers to the big guy, uh, that that document was done many years before we ever sort of heard the expression out publicly. Because remember, we've heard it from you know, a number of people like Tony Bobolinsky and a number of other people have used this sort of expression, the big guy. But this document right. was written by an informant a long time before that, several years before. That gives some credibility to me, too, that, like, they're all referring to, quote, the big guy. Like, so who's the big guy? You know, I mean, and, and it's in the relation to Pops and, and these other emails that we've heard, for you know, tied to Hunter. I mean, I, I mean, I don't believe in coincidences. Do you, Mike? Not at all, Rita. Not at all. Things happen for a reason. 
I was a pretty good drummer back in the day. You know, John Lennon, Instant Karma is going to get you. It's going to knock you right off your feet. And other things. Uh, and these show companies, it's amazing the games they play. It's like a show game. You know, I, I used to uh, play some blackjack back in the day, poker. It's like somebody dealing from the bottom of the damn deck and smiling. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. And 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 I use the expression, Mike, thank you, by the way. You are terrific. It's great to hear from you. You know, but I, I agree. I use the expression. And every time I see Biden, I feel like he's not, like, sneaky. He's more transparent because he's kind of saying the quiet part out loud. He often does that. Like, he's like, I shouldn't talk about this, but. And then he says a comment that, you know, his press is, you know, his uh, communications people are going, oh, no, he's out there and he's about to answer some question he shouldn't. Right. He kind of does that. Right. Um, so when he said, hey, where's the money? And kind of smile and then said, then I think he like caught himself and, like, oh, no, no, I'm just joking. You know, I mean, like, I, I'm wondering if he really is joking or if he's like, hey, see if you can find it. Like almost like uh, daring uh, the committee, the GOP, uh, to see if they could find it, you know, kind of thing. You know, let's see. I did such a good job. Uh, wink, wink, you know, of uh, hiding it. You know, is that what he means or uh, does he mean you'll never find it? I mean, it, it, it's really hard to gauge, but there's just something very, very like maniacal almost when I saw that. Mike, thank you very much. Let's go to Eddie, line two. Eddie, your thoughts, my friend. Hi, Rudy. You told me to call back tonight <laughs> from last night. And what I was saying in those couple of seconds with our Polish-Danish heritage that we have to pray that John Katzentides buys the radio station. I want to talk to you about... You mean by CNN, by CNN. Yeah. Did I say ABC? Yeah, you did. He already has that. But he'd be great if he bought CNN, believe me. So, well, with enough that, he did this with WNBC, WNBC, and you have uh, Curtis Lewin, Anthony Weiner, and that's the left and the right. And so this is what I think John will do with CNN, and it'll track views from the left, the middle, and the right. But you'll also be able to hear about the truth about Donald Trump and what's going on with Joe Biden. And, you know, I won't say anything more about it because people are coming out with it. So Sergeant Perry, um, so we have ourselves on a subway. You're talking uh, about the Daniel Penny case. You're talking about that. Well, it was not Perry, but Daniel Penny, yes. He's on a subway, and he's with other nice citizens. So this is a Marine, and within the Marines, you're in a group. You're brothers. And if you're in anything, and the subway is a war zone. He was in a war zone, and he suddenly felt that him and his co-patriots were under attack. So he did what he was trained to do. He protected them. He was in a war zone. In a subway I agree. Zone, you don't go to the subway, right? If you went in the subway, I want to be there to protect you, Rita, because you're a lovely lady. My sister doesn't even take it anymore. She, you know, forget about it. So he protected the people that were normal and calm and just taking a means of transportation. You don't know. And it's amazing that the the lab results and everything hasn't been let out of him. Isn't that interesting, Eddie? That to me is so interesting because there could be drugs in his system. We don't know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Dehydrated drugs. He's sleeping on the street. You don't even know what's happened to him. You know, you can have brain damage from you're not eating well. And uh, who knows what he went through? The drug, you say he was taking K, right? K2. K2. It's K2. called K2. So so K2 is one of the highest. Um, let's see. I had a girlfriend myself. We climbed Kilimanjaro. It's like, it's like a hallucinogenic, by the way. K2. 
Oh, well, so I guess it's not getting up and having a cup of coffee and going out and greeting people. And, you know, he's going around punching people in the eye sockets and going in. And I think these 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 um, bizarro people go to the subways because they're off the street. Now we don't have as many policemen there. And this is where they can act out. You know, they have all this damage, his mother being murdered, everything else. And, you know, I, I would say basically, Rita, you and I and a lot of your population of calls are normal. But we we don't live around the people that are so abnormal. You know, Creekmore was closed down. This is where he would probably be. He'd be in Creekmore. No, ab- yeah. by the way, 1,000 percent, not only to, you know, protect himself, but to protect other people, too. And and by the way, Eddie, we don't know. Um, and I'm going to be talking a lot more in the next hour also, by the way, about Daniel Penny. Um, so I'm so glad you brought it up, Ed. Um, but we don't know what's in his system, if there was anything or not. We know that, according to a relative, the relative said that in the past he was on K2, so he may have been on K2. I just want to read, because um, often on Cats and Cosby, we have Dr. Peter Milos, who is sort of our resident uh, genius, if you will. He's such a brilliant guy and, and doctor. Um, he describes K2. Um, uh, this is what uh, he just sent me. Basically, dangerous effects of K2 can include... Uh, violent behavior, suicidal thoughts, uh, confusion. Um, so, you know, guess what? Uh, that's not a good sign if somebody is is life-threatening and it also has dangerous sort of hallucinogenic features to it as well. So, I mean, that's a scary thing. Well, again, we don't know. Was Jordan Neely the homeless guy on it? We don't know if he was on anything because guess what? It's really unusual that we haven't seen the toxicology reports that would have shown what's in a system or what wasn't in a system. And the fact it's been so many weeks, this incident happened on May 1st. Uh, You do the math. By now, we absolutely should have had the toxicology, which makes me wonder, was there something in the toxicology that doesn't look good for Jordan Neely, who tragically died? It's horrible what happened that he died. Uh, But if, it was something that was favorable, I think, to the uh, to the Marine. Um, he should get it. If it's something negative to the Marine, he should get it. The fact should be out there. But the fact that the DA doesn't seem has handed over that information, it makes me wonder if it's something that might have adversely affected the impression of Jordan Neely. How's that to say? That's a nice way to say he might have had tons of drugs in his system or something else. Uh, that may have contributed to his death and also may have explained his behavior that day, too. The fact we haven't gotten it, and from all accounts, the attorney for the Marine hasn't gotten it, is really suspicious, Eddie, 1,000%. I'm glad you brought that up, Ed. Thank you so, so much. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. And coming up in the next hour, we are going to talk about the case of Marine Daniel Penny. His arraignment date has been set. And so many people saying there will be disastrous repercussions towards other good Samaritans who will be afraid to step forward after seeing this Marine get the ultimate, basically, indictment coming from a Manhattan grand jury, basically saying that they feel he must face charges of 
second degree manslaughter. And that could be 15 plus years behind bars for a guy who continues to say it was self-defense. So what does that do to other people who are on a subway? We were just talking about uh, with Eddie, how crazy it is on a New York City subway. It's scary. You're by yourself. There's nowhere to go. And yet at this point, what incentive do they have if they feel they're going to get thrown potentially with these charges dragged through court and potentially behind bars for helping others? How sad is that? Thank you, Alvin Bragg. 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about Biden and Comer saying he may be able to show with bank records up to $30 million coming from questionable sources to Biden family members. Let's go to Robert, line six. Robert, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, how you doing? It's nice to talk to you again tonight. You too, my friend. I have a massive tub of popcorn to see what comes out on the news over the next few weeks. But I just wanted to remind my fellow listeners that this guy who sets up all of these shell companies and works through six American banks to launder millions of dollars in bribes is the same president who told banks to report anything we do over $600. Yeah, okay. that's true. So he's that's telling true. the bank to check on us while he's using them banks to carry on his corruption. There is so much more here. I can't even begin to get into it, but he's going to go down as the most corrupt, destructive president in American history, and I'll settle for that, and I'll leave the floor to you. I love your show. Have a great night, Rita. Thank you, Robert, but you are absolutely right as you are talking about all of those issues. You know, the other thing I think about is not just the bank's issue. You know, he's the guy who wants the 87,000 new IRS agents, and yet his son is being investigated for tax evasion. He's the one who's going after the Second Amendment, and his son has the gun issues. I mean, I could go on and on and on on the hypocrisy. Boy, is it right. We're going to continue, everybody, after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The former Marine who has now been indicted for playing a role in the death and substantially directly playing a role in the death of a very agitated and threatening homeless man, Jordan Neely, uh, during that subway confrontation, remember, on May 1st. Well, now his arraignment date has been set and it is going to be June 28th in Manhattan Supreme Court. Good old Alvin Bragg back in Manhattan Supreme Court. And what a disaster and a mess this is going to be. 
Think about the emotions just riding high in a city like New York over an issue like this. They stopped the subway trains when they didn't feel that he was getting sentenced appropriately, when they didn't feel that enough was happening towards him. They did all these issues, and then suddenly Alvin Bragg comes back and says, oh, okay, uh, we're going to go after the guy. Now, the grand jury has spoken and also came back with a similar decision. And who knows, you know, again, in a grand jury, you can basically present whatever type of case you want to and withhold whatever type of information you also want to. So that's not a big feat. Uh, But now Daniel Penny will have to go through many, many, many legal steps as a result of this. And Alvin Bragg doesn't seem to give any bumpkiss. I'm trying to be nice because it is stunning what is happening to justice in America. And earlier today, I talked with Rudy Giuliani, who had this to say about Daniel Penny and what really he believes should be happening to him versus an indictment. The guy should get a medal. I mean, people on the subways coming home tonight, they're probably 50 that would love to have had him on their subway train, having, having probably gone through a crazy person yelling at them, women getting touched where they don't want to be touched. This is this is crazy. And and then to put the fear in people of trying to protect other people, that's really horrible. I mean, doesn't Bragg have any common sense? And later on this hour, we're going to be taking your calls about that. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Do you believe he will ultimately be acquitted? Or is there a potential? Because it is a New York grand jury And who knows uh, where anything goes? I do believe a New York grand jury, a New York jury would be more fair to him if they heard all sides of this. I do believe if he also had testified before the grand jury, which is no indication that he had done that, that maybe they might not have even indicted him in the grand jury uh, because I think they would have realized, okay, wait, there's a lot more to the story than meets the eye. I can't imagine what Alvin Bragg presented or didn't present. And as I brought up, we know that they don't have the toxicology report yet, or at least they haven't released it to the defense. Maybe it doesn't look good for the homeless man. Maybe a drug's in his system, or maybe something else may have caused his death. We don't know that yet, but it's awfully fishy that that has not been handed over reportedly to the defense in this case. And there are just so many things that just do not smell right in this case. one 800 Eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two, and you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Meantime, we are talking about the fact that Donald Trump is bringing in big bucks after the indictment that he went through. Now he is definitely going to be dragged through the mill, and this may be just the tip of the iceberg. There are reports that also Jack Smith is basically venue shopping. That is the special prosecutor who, of course, brought the charges initially, of course, against Donald Trump, brought him to the grand jury down in Miami, and that maybe he might go to also to New Jersey. Because remember, some of the things he says happened at Bedminster, so maybe something's going to happen there. And then the other thing you got to wonder, is he also maybe going to bring something in Washington, D.C.? Because he has a grand jury seated there as well. Could he do something tied to January 6th? because he's investigating that issue. And then there's also Georgia. So all of this stuff is happening, and people, I think, are just seeing it for what it's worth. 
Trump now has raised almost $8 million since the federal indictment. That is a stunning amount of money, and it just shows that people see that this is a lot about political persecution. Just a little bit ago on Cats and Cosby, John Katsimatidis and I talked to Joe Tacopina, who, of course, is one of the attorneys for President Trump. And this is what he had to say about the federal indictment against President Trump and what it means to American justice. Take a listen. It is such a joke that we're even having this conversation that they actually charged him with this. When, when Again, this is where the American public, whether you love, hate Donald Trump, whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever, you know, you have to look at this from afar because the people out there who I've spoken to, some of who are the hardcore Democrats are saying, my God, is this what it's become now? Is this the new norm? We're now going to start using the justice system of that particular president, the Justice Department of that particular president as like a Gestapo to go after political opponents? Because that's a scary thing because the pendulum swings both ways. And, you know, Donald Trump is serious right now. And he said, rightly or wrongly, he said, you know, the next time when I'm president, I'm going to indict you know, the black crime family. That's what he said. So, so is this going to be where we are now, where the Republicans in office, he's going to use his, his Justice Department to go after Democratic opponents. Uh, when a, a Democrats in office, they'll use their Justice Department to go after Republican political opponents. This is not what. That is not what it is designed. And boy, uh, that has really opened the floodgates when you think about it, too. And you're right. Wait till a Republican gets in that position and think about it. As we just talked about, James Comer already believes that maybe within a few weeks, he's going to have some very significant bank records showing that the Biden family accepted tens of millions of dollars from questionable individuals. This comes also as Chuck Grassley on the Senate side is saying that that Burisma executive who allegedly paid Biden a very sizable bribe, a $5 million bribe, by the way, uh, he claims that he basically, that guy basically has more than a dozen audio tapes that he's keeping as, quote, insurance policy. So do the tapes still exist? Where is it going? And boy, have we now cheapened the word impeachment? Have we now cheapened the word indictment where you just sort of throw it out at your political opponent And hope that something sticks, because that's what a lot of people feel is the case here against Donald Trump. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John in South Carolina, line four. Go ahead, John. Good evening, Ms. Rita. South Carolina misses you. Thank you. You know, I am a Gamecock. I went to University of South Carolina. I love South Carolina. I have so many friends there, and it makes me smile to hear your voice, John. Rita. The government has copies of those calls. Now, why do you think so? Joe Biden was vice president and he was talking to a foreign national. The National Security Agency has those in its files. That's if you will. Most likely you may be right, by the way. Uh, oh, um, it has electronics. Yeah. Any kind, any kind of electronics. Well, you're now, assuming. They, hang on. You're assuming that the calls were, um, you know, from a government phone. You're assuming maybe they were at the no, White ma'am. House. No, you believe, ma'am. You I believe regardless say, they have them. And you, by the way, you very well may be I right. I say some magic words right now, and the NSA would record this call. 
No, you know what? I, I hear where you're coming from. And by the way, because he was the vice president, you're right. They very well may have oh, the calls. They, yep. It's an automatic. So, you know what? That's a, but let me ask you now. This is an interesting point, John, because no one's brought that up. That's a, that is a fascinating point. If indeed they have it, uh, can't they somehow get the information from the NSA? That's an interesting legal question. You, you have a great job. You should ask Representative Comer why the lawyers for his committee are in court asking the NSA for those tapes. That's a great question. And I, we may be talking to Comer in a few weeks uh, personally. So uh, mo- mo- that will mostly, be interesting. Mostly because if someone's erased them, they've committed treason. Yep. Yep. That's a great point. Actually, I'm writing it down and I'm putting it at the top of my list here, John, because no one has talked about that, uh, that you're right. From this direction, you would bet that there would be something. Um, oh, it's, it's yeah. absolute. I yep. mean, that's their purpose in life. Is yep. The NSA is to do that. Absolutely. And especially with a high profile individual uh, and something sensitive like this. John, uh, my light bulb Rita, is going Rita. off. Rita, the reason that they don't do this is because this is so loaded. The Republicans and Democrats would be going after each another's phone calls. Oh, yeah. One thousand percent. But we know. Remember, there have been stories. When was it like three, four years ago, John? Uh, Remember when the NSA, uh, it it came out that they had recorded calls on individuals who talk about X and they had over obviously gets into all the civil liberties. And there's there's a lot of issues there, just as you just suggested on both sides of the aisle. Uh, But you're right. Uh, Maybe in a case like this, uh, certainly it would be interesting if Comer's even looked at that, if that's an option or not. Uh, We'll get to the bottom of it. John, I knew you would make South Carolina proud. Thanks so much. You make South Carolina proud. Thank you, John. You're terrific. Thank you very, very much. That's a really interesting point, and no one has brought that up. Bravo. Of course, a guy from South Carolina, from the beautiful state of South Carolina, comes up with that great idea. Let's go to Jimmy, line five. Jimmy, your thoughts. I hope he's right. But remember, the U.S. government also had the passport record and file of Bill Clinton and Barack Obama that disappeared. So we, you know, the left knows they work differently. Listen, I think this stuff about the economic crimes of Biden are important, but I think it's more important the treasonous aspect. Biden was put in politics. Remember, he was put in office by a group called Council for a Livable World, which was founded by Leo Szilard, who was a Soviet spy during World War II. That's connected to the tax-exempt Institute for Policy Studies, a very, very powerful KGB front group in Washington. Biden three times voted against against aid for the freedom fighters in Nicaragua. Biden, Obama, Hillary sold some of our nuclear material to Putin. They built a Silicon Valley for Putin and get transferred some of our best modern technology, and which helped the Soviet or Russian war machine. And they also sent high-powered weapons to the Mexican drug cartels. So where are you war- going with this, Jimmy? You got a lot of great information, but where are you going right. with this? I'm, I'm saying that. This is kind of a diversion for something that might be more important. Biden was working for the enemy, his whole record. There's so many people out there. It's important as economic crimes. But what he did with these other stuff shows you the continuing communist operation against America, and it's organized throughout the world. Wow, Jimmy, thank you. You always have great stuff. And you're right, the actions I do, I agree with you, speak louder than words and money. Um, And that's why it's important to see, was there a certain type of action? 
Uh, Jimmy, great points, as always, my friend. Let's go to Donnie. Line four, Donnie, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, how are you? Good. What do you think? I think that the conservative media needs to get together, stop talking about Trump all day, stop talking about all the things that they're doing to us, focus on one thing. Biden sucks. He's terrible. He was the worst president we've ever had, and we need to get him out. It's done. Focus on that 24-7. That has to be the message. Wall-to-wall coverage every single day. And uh, by the way, especially if Comer has the goods, Donnie, well, uh, then it needs to be focused on. And I think maybe I give uh, some of the folks, even on the left side of the aisle, too much credit. But I actually think that if it turns out that there are actual documents um, and that there's actual you know, bank records, financial bank records, I actually think uh, it, they will cover it. I don't think they'll have a choice. I think they will absolutely cover it if they have to. Uh, great points, Donnie. Let's go to Andrew, line one. Andrew, your thoughts. Yeah, you were, you were right, Rita. Biden uh, says the quiet part out loud. Like he said, uh, if I want to step down, I'll fake a serious illness and let Kamala take over. He actually said that. And he said, but, you know, with the prosecutor in the Ukraine, God darn it. Son of a bee. Remember, son of a bee. Look what happened. You know, you're right. I think it could be over for Biden only if the Democrats and the media decide that they don't want him to run. Like Hillary Clinton with her emails and bleach bit and smashing. That's all confirmed, but nothing happened to her. But if she had did something, I know she wasn't secretary of state in 08. But if she had did that in a way, they would have turned on her because they went for Obama against her when he came up to prominence. So I think if it's up to the media and the Democrats if they're going to stay with Biden or are they going to turn that it could take 10 years. So he I don't mean it is to be mean, but he could be dead by the time they unravel it. So it might just be a long winded process and. He'll be out of office. By so the I way, by the way, happen. Andrew, and I've said this, uh, I, I don't rule out, Andrew, that um, that maybe their strategy is just to they think, OK, well, maybe if it's a Biden Trump rematch that, you know, Biden might win again. That's what I think the Democrats believe. I think it's a very different scenario this time for a lot of reasons, which we can get into another time. But I think that they firmly believe uh, that um that maybe I, I I just have this feeling like Biden is not going to necessarily stick around. Maybe it's even by his own volition or they push him out. Maybe they want to have him. Hopefully they think in their minds uh, that, you know, Trump can be beaten. I think Trump is it's a very formidable situation this time for Trump. And I mean that in a good way because he can say, look, open border. You like it? Uh, faltering economy. You like it? War in Ukraine, you like it? I mean, there's a lot of things he can point to, and he can say, under my watch, this did not happen. Um, so I think it's a different scenario. I don't think the Democrats should be resting on their laurels. But I do think that there's a scenario. I think they're thinking, okay, maybe Biden can somehow do the basement strategy, and then who knows where it goes after that. Maybe then Kamala takes over or somebody else. I just, I just, I think there's a lot of things that can happen between now and and election day, and it's going to America's in for a rocky ride, guys. Uh, Andrew, thank you very much. When we come back, we are going to talk about the Marine. Daniel Penny now has a date for arraignment, and Al Sharpton basically says he's disappointed that the guy is indicted 
on manslaughter, he could get, by the way, with the manslaughter and another negligent homicide charge, almost 20 years behind bars. But guess what? Al Sharpton thinks it should be murder. Wow. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are talking about Daniel Penny, the Marine, who has now had an arraignment date set for him of June 28th. And as I mentioned, there are two charges against him. One of them, which is the second degree manslaughter charge, could give him 15 years. The other one could give him four years. So he could potentially, if he gets charged, uh, you know, convicted of both. He could potentially get 19 years behind bars. He says he was just defending the other people on the train. And many people agree with that. I want to play. uh, I want to play cut 23. This is Rudy Giuliani talking with us earlier today. And this is how he described other people who saw basically what Penny was doing. He was saying the witnesses were essentially confirming Penny's story that Penny put Neely in a chokehold and that there were two other guys who actually were helping him basically secure the guy. They weren't helping Neely. They were feeling the threat was Neely himself. So in other words, it basically confirms that the people on the train were fearful of Neely. They were not fearful of Penny. You would have thought they would have said, push him off of him. No, they were actually helping Penny hold the homeless guy down. So doesn't that verify his stories? And don't they need to get called in? Here is Rudy talking about that. Actually, uh, Judge, that's very powerful evidence that, you know, other people, other third parties assessed this and figured out who was justified and who wasn't. Uh, It was apparent to those two people that this guy was a danger and, and Penny was doing the right thing. And here is a little bit more of Rudy talking about the Penny case. He believes Daniel Penny, the Marine, acted in self-defense. The Penny case is a 100% self-defense case. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that the witnesses who I have in interviewed uh, back him up, that the guy was yelling, screaming, and frightening the living daylights out of him. Well, he had no choice but to act. Particularly, you know, the thing that struck me and that I would use very, very strongly in his defense, that act of taking your jacket off, you know, anybody who knows the streets knows that's when the trouble is going to start. That's when he's going to start banging heads, knifing people. Had he waited a split second more, somebody could be dead. And is that what we want people to wait to act? Let's go to Pete real quick. Line seven. Pete, your thoughts. I read it. You know, first, I was looking at that whole, you know, they showed the film, and it was it was like a minute or two, but who knows how long they were filming. But that was a sleeper hold. That would be nothing to choke somebody out. If anything, the gentlemen that were trying to help were pulling on his arms, and that might have put a little pressure, but I don't think so. And by the way, some people are saying that nearly resisting might have caused it. 
This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great military and their families, a powerful story coming from Sioux City, Iowa, where Iowa resident Larry Lamb arrived at the Clinton-Sherman Air Force Base in Oklahoma during the late 1960s, where he was assigned as a KC-135 crew chief. This week, the retired Iowa farmer had the opportunity to revisit that time of his life during a tour of the 185th Air Refueling Wing in Sioux City. It was Larry's son who actually arranged the KC-135 tour for his Air Force veteran dad at the Iowa National Guard Unit, where KC-135s are still flown. It just happened the timing of this nostalgic tour was just in time for Father's Day, of course, coming up in just a few days. By the way, as part of the Air Force's Strategic Air Command, the KC-135 aircraft that Lamb helped crew had a very serious mission. The refueling aircraft in Oklahoma were co-located with the B-52s, where they stood on continuous nuclear alert. So big, serious stuff, and how beautiful that this veteran was able to come back and see the KC-135s get a tour and, again, be able to share that with his son just in time for Father's Day. Very, very meaningful. Well, we, are, of course, are talking about the case of Daniel Penny. This is the former Marine, 30 years old, 24 years old, and he is the guy who put Jordan Neely, who is 30 years old, in a chokehold. And now, of course, we know the medical examiner came back and said it was a homicide. When something happens that contributes to your death, someone else creates it. They deem it a homicide. But that doesn't mean it's murder. But we've heard from Daniel Penny over and over again. He said he was defending other passengers on the train as well as himself. We've heard from other passengers on the train who've said the same thing. They've said that the guy came on, Jordan Neely, who obviously had a troubled life, But that he came on acting erratic, took his jacket off, was throwing trash, saying, I'm going to kill some mother blanks. That's serious stuff. I don't care if I die. I don't care if I spend the rest of my life behind bars. I consider that a threat and someone screaming and acting erratic, getting in your face on a subway train with doors closed. That is downright frightening. But here is Al Sharpton. Now that the jury, grand jury, has indicted Daniel Penny, he came out with a statement. Listen to this. Good old Al Sharpton. While the grand jury should be saluted for this righteous step, we visit, we wish the charge would have reflected what this really was, murder. He further says that the National Action Network would, quote, continue to monitor the case to ensure this killer is held accountable and there is justice for Jordan. Now, as I mentioned, the arraignment, for Daniel Penny is going to take place in Manhattan Court June 26th. That's right around the corner. You can bet Al Sharpton's going to be out there probably with a bullhorn, don't you think? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And it really saddens me at a time where this country and many cities across this country, including New York City, 
where things have just downright deteriorated on so many levels uh, in terms of crime, in terms of locking up repeat offenders, in terms of racial tensions. And now we're going to see this dynamic of Al Sharpton, who is chiming in, as usual, basically fueling the flames. And meantime, on the other side, you have someone like Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman. Uh, the Marine, Daniel Penny, is from Long Island originally. So Bruce Blakeman came out recently and said, you know what? I am defending the Marine. So what do you think? Do you think that also, by the way, good Samaritans in the future are not going to want to help? That they're going to be scared to bejeebies out of them to not want to help? I mean, it's scary enough intervening when somebody is crazy and maybe potentially on drugs, is acting erratic, getting in your face on a subway. And now the threat that if it happens in a major city with a soft on crime DA, someone who seems to go light on repeat offenders, and when somebody tries to step up and do the right thing, he throws the book at him. I think this is going to have a chilling effect, sadly, on Good Samaritans across this country. And that is really, really sad. Here is Nassau County, New York, representative. He is the executive there, Bruce Blakeman. And this is what he has to say about Daniel Penny. Daniel Penny is a good Samaritan. And if you listen to the witnesses' accounts of what happened, it defies logic that uh, he's being prosecuted. And Blakeman also said, here's a question for everybody out there. And think about it. I know my answer. Listen to this. People who have criticized me uh, for speaking out about Daniel Penny, I looked them in the eye and I said, let me ask you a question. Would you want Daniel Penny on a subway with your daughter or would you want Jordan Neely? And that shuts them up right away because people with common sense, good Samaritans, they realize that we want people to take action when someone is doing something that could be harmful to others. The police can't be everywhere at the, at the same time. We have to depend on good Samaritans from time to time to ensure our public safety. Yeah, and when the police can't be there, you'll want somebody to step in. By the way, you think about it happens under Alvin Bragg. What a surprise. Alvin Bragg's the guy who went after Trump. Alvin Bragg's the guy who went after Jose Alba. That was the bodega worker in New York. Remember, who's was defending himself. The guy comes over the counter and starts beating him up. And he defends himself and perfect brag fashion. He throws Jose Alba and Rikers. It's like you can't make it up. Well, here's some new numbers. Prosecutions plunging under Alvin Bragg. Here's an interesting number. Uh, Felony cases from 2019 to 2022 resulting in convictions down 17 percent. What a surprise. Downgraded felony cases to misdemeanors which means they just get a slap on the wrist, up 13%. I mean, you can't make this up. And it's happening in liberal cities over and over again across this country. I'm sure it's happening under George Gascon in L.A. and Kim Fox in St. Louis, and the list goes on and on and on. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Here is Rudy Giuliani talking earlier today with me and John Katsimatidis, basically saying uh, that Bragg and Soros, he's talking about George Soros, 
uh, bear a lot of responsibility to what's happening with this revolving door of justice in America and going after people like Daniel Penny. Look, we're in the hands of people who, in my day, you wouldn't even recognize as prosecutors. They're more like criminals than they are prosecutors. Uh, the things that they do, uh, it's, uh, it's outrageous, but it, but it affects public safety. The, the fact that we have Bragg as DA, you could probably count the number of people that have died as a result of him. He's responsible for their death because he's put out on the street people that reasonable district attorneys would have held. So he and Soros, I'm sorry, they get charged with uh, helping to assist in the killing of those people. Wow. So under Rudy's mind, he feels that they bear responsibility, not people who are stepping up like Daniel Penny, the Marine, who now is going to face an arraignment. And you can bet it's going to be really tense outside the courthouse that day because people are so emotional on both sides. And you've got Al Sharpton saying uh, these charges are not significant enough. He wants to see murder charges. He's saying, "Okay, I'm glad they did this, but we're going to keep the pressure on. Also, the Neely family has also signaled that they will probably file a civil suit. So there are so many layers to this. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jerry. Line one. Jerry, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. Uh, Is it true that recently uh, a man stabbed another man to death on a New York City subway because his girlfriend was punched. Is that true? Yes, that is true. That okay. that happened. And the guy is out, by the way, uh, that There's particular no bail, guy. Right? Um, yeah, he's out, which I think is interesting. I talk about the contrast. The man was charged, um, in fact, uh, with manslaughter in that case, but he's out on bail, and he maintains that he acted in self-defense because the guy came over and punched. Uh, suddenly a guy punched his girlfriend on the subway, and then he responded to defend his girlfriend and stab the guy. And it's an ex-con, by the way. Okay. Now, I'm just curious, because I don't know, are all the people, the victims and the perpetrator, are they African-American or black? Do we know? Um, yes, I do believe in this case. Um, yes, I do believe in, in both of these cases, yes. Okay. So, the victims, the victims. Because yes. Daniel Penny is not, obviously. You no, know, you can well, call him a victim tonight because he's a victim of rogue justice by Bragg, but go ahead. The, the person who did the stabbing in the latest incident, was that an African-American, a black person? Do we know? Or a minority, not a white person? Yeah, I believe I believe it is. I believe it is a minority. I, I'm almost sure it is. I don't want to say okay. it, but I believe it well, is. Why? Okay. Well, I just think it's interesting that it was no bail. Yeah, I, I, I do, that, too. That by the way, <laughs> I, by the way, I do, too. Although um, they may have, who knows in this case? It, I, I found that fascinating, too, by the way. I found it an interesting contrast. Um, to what's been happening here in the Neely case. You're 1,000% correct. That's an interesting point. Um, is you your point... a criminal record, too? Um, well, we know that, no, the guy who was perpetrating the crime, the guy who oh, okay. was killed, was an ex-con. Right. I'm, not, I'm not against the man who used a knife, personally. I just think it's interesting that he got no bail, but I think Daniel Perry, using no weapon, I think he got, like, what, a very high bail, didn't he? Well, he has a $100,000 bail, and he also uh, is now facing up to 19 years in prison. What are your thoughts on what should happen in that case? And well, you're right. You bring up some interesting points because clearly it looks like race had something to do with uh, with the yeah. other case. Right. Well, I think that the interesting thing here that I'm very concerned with is 
should a case like this almost be moved to a location where no one knows where it is? Because you're going to have maybe a thousand people outside that courtroom saying, we'll burn it down if he's not convicted. And I think that the jury is likely to say, even if they feel he wasn't reckless and give him the 15 year, they're likely to say, you know what? He should have known better. Let's at least give him the four so the whole city doesn't burn down. And you know what, what Jerry, I actually think you are right. I don't think that that's obviously what justice is about. Justice is fairness and the facts, and you shouldn't succumb to the mob. But I actually agree that I I could see juries saying, oh, my gosh, look outside of the courthouse, the protests. Uh, look at this. Look at that. Look what's going on. Uh, maybe we should give him a, uh, a minor one just to kind of appease the mob. And that's not the reason, as you and I both know that you give somebody a sentence you actually you need to look at the facts but 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 you're 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 absolutely correct because juries often do do that and they often they're not supposed to uh and who knows if the jury is sequestered um they will still probably see a mob uh outside of the courthouse you know protests and so forth or they may have already heard about the case on tv they're not you know they're normally not supposed to pick those jurors but most people have heard about the case in some form, they need to be able to say they have an open mind. That's usually, obviously, the highest criteria. I also think it'll be interesting. We were talking about this last night, Jerry. It'll be interesting to see, um, will the prosecution in this case want to exclude those who've been on a jury? And will Daniel Penny's defense want to make sure there are people who've been on the jury, uh, who've been on a, a subway train, that they're on the jury, that they don't get excluded, that they're actually kept on the jury, you get knockouts, you know, when you're doing voir dire, which is jury selection. But you can imagine, I think, you know, the folks who are defending Dan Penny would want to have a lot of people who've been on subways, as many as they can, potentially, uh, who can say, yeah, uh, I've been there and it is a scary situation. Uh, let's just hope they're fair. But you're right. Uh, they may ask to have it moved. They may say we need a change. On the other hand, it could also work in their favor, as I was just suggesting, Jerry, because if you're in Manhattan and you've been on a subway and you're seated on the jury, you might actually have more sympathy from, you know, to Daniel Penny than somebody who's never been on the subway. I'll just get you to answer that real quick, Jerry, because if you've been on the subway and you felt locked in um, or if you're somebody who's, you know, I don't know, been in Nebraska and has never been locked, they wouldn't put it. They'd put it somewhere else in the state but maybe where they have not been on a subway, they may not understand the fear and the danger that happens almost every single day on a subway. So it could actually help them, Jerry. So me personally, though, I would think that they would have enough common sense when you and they could uh, read into what it's like to be on a subway. You could probably teach them that a bit even, maybe. But I would rather have it away from the mob. I think the mob is more dangerous. Uh, you look at our Supreme Court. I believe the only reason they didn't check, like, for example, remember the 2020 election, Pennsylvania? That was pretty illegal what was done there. Some of those late ballots coming in. Uh, they should have checked that. But why didn't they? Didn't we hear that Roberts was scared? and He convinced everyone at the Supreme Court they were going to burn down the whole country. I think that's what I heard. There was a big argument inside the chambers. Well, and I remember there are some reports yeah. of that, too. That And, and listen, on, on any issue. You shouldn't be succumbing to the mob. And you would think whether it's the Supreme Court or a jury in Manhattan, they shouldn't succumb. But you you bring up an interesting point because that is a compelling image uh, with the protests and the this and the that. And you're right. It may actually outweigh uh, people who have been on a subway and can understand. Uh, it's just it's a it's a really I, I those two issues, I think, will both play actually very heavily in this trial. 
And uh, it is going to be something that everyone's going to be watching across the country, no doubt, because I think it is chilling to other good Samaritans and chilling uh, as we're looking at justice in America and, and this upside down justice that is New York City. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Jerry, you got to call back again. You're terrific. The Rita Cosby Show. So Jerry was just making an interesting point that he thinks the jury in the Daniel Penny case, when it goes to trial, uh, that he thinks it should be moved because he believes uh, that the mob outside, when there probably will be protesters outside, could have an influence on the jury, especially if it is a big mob in New York City, spearheaded by people like Al Sharpton, although he'll fly anywhere probably around the country for this one. Uh, but still, it's an interesting point. one 800 848 Let's go to Larry. Line one. Larry, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. You know, I don't think he's going to serve uh, Daniel Penny. I don't think he's going to serve a day in jail. And I'll tell you why in general. Because there are so many angles that the lawyer can come from. For example, uh, during Cat's Roundtable, I forgot a few days ago, one of your guests hit a home run. He said that this Jordan Neely had had 44 encounters, not only with the criminal justice system, but with the psyche, with the mental health system, because each time he was arrested, he was sent to a mental health facility. So that means they kept releasing him 44 times, okay? So what he did, he built up the nerve. Every, every um, offense got worse and worse and worse because he saw they couldn't keep him, right? And every offense got bigger until he was actually trying to scare the daylights out of people that they were going to be killed. In other words, they, they ratcheted it up. That shows intent on, on the part of Neely. So that combined with the what the witnesses heard lives, uh, gives indisputable uh, you know, fact that this guy was actually trying to inspire terror. And once, once Penny goes into action, once you choose to defend yourself, um, you're allowed to, to do that every until help comes you're constantly in the act of self-defense. Like if somebody charges a, 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 an officer with a knife and he, they don't say, why don't you shoot him in the legs? He's allowed to shoot him with a torso. You could go full force with self-defense once it's initiated. Right. No. And I, I hear you. And, and by the way, I actually think that they will bring up a lot of these points. Larry, those are great, great points. Um, and also he was also saying, hey, call 911. Daniel Penny was saying, call police. He also voluntarily spoke to police afterwards. He went to the police station. So this wasn't someone who was trying to hide by any circumstances from what we've heard, you know. And he even claims that these allegations that it was 15 minutes, he says, is not true. He said it was five minutes at most, uh, which does make a big difference, too. So you can bet they'll have experts in. Uh, they'll have people going into the criminal history and psychiatric history of also Neely, all of those things. Those are great points. Uh, let's go to Jacqueline, line five. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Rita, I know what I'm going to say is going to be very controversial. and A lot of people will be offended, but I'm going to say it anyway. Neely basically caused his own death. He was struggling. I'm not the first person to say that. And I really wish that uh, people um, uh, would stop using the term chokehold and start using the term restraint, restraint because that's exactly 
what uh, the Marine had Mr. Neely in. It was a restraint. It was a restraint that was the safest, wisest, and most reasonable way to keep everyone safe, including Mr. Neely. And uh, do you know who else is responsible and to blame for for Neely's death? The money-grabbing, stealing politicians who've brought the number of beds available at hospitals for emotionally disturbed persons to a total of 30 for the entire city of New York. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, right. It's like it's like, uh, you know, let's let everybody out. Uh, that, right. That's that's a great point, Jacqueline. It is just it is just insane. One thousand percent. I agree. Uh, there's a lot of blame to go around uh, for sure on this one. Um, let's go to Tony real quick. Uh, Tony, your thoughts. Hi. Well, the whole thing with um, Daniel Penny is kind of a disgrace because the Marines are actually abandoned. Four Marines are actually guarding the president in the West Wing. And all that he has to say is that this, the, the White House says this will all take its course. Yeah. And you know what? Your, your point is, I guess the White House hasn't said anything about Daniel Penny. Biden likes him around him, but won't support him. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.